everybody, and welcome to Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and today we have a special surprise for you guys. We are going to be breaking down the brand new She-Hulk trailer that just premiered like an hour ago. I've only seen it one time, but I have a very special guest who I think has seen it more than me, maybe twice. Uh, also here to help me break down Moon Knight, please welcome uh, frequent guest Maya. Maya, welcome. Hey, Alex. Glad to have you. My Avengers mug. <laughs> oh, very nice. But yeah, welcome. Excited to have you. Uh, let's dive right in. So I I only heard about this trailer like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> and so I watched it on the big screen in my basement. And then I tried. Wa I watched it a second time with the sound off on my computer. Uh, I'll say it looked a little better on the computer. My uh, my short review of this trailer is uh, I really liked it. I'm very excited to see this show and that CGI is not good. Uh, those are, and which I don't think means the show is going to be bad. I'm almost curious if they're going to maybe do some tweaks going forward, but those were kind of my first blush uh, comments around it. What did you think of the trailer? No, I, I totally agree about the CGI. I was kind of saying in our chat, like it was very Fiona from Shrek. Yeah. But <laughs> But I feel like they still have time to, you know, make some corrections and stuff. So I'm hoping that it looks better. I was so curious, like, especially not being a comics reader and then like looking at some of the comic covers and like how she's portrayed in the comics, like her size and like her, like what she looks like changes a lot. So it's nice to finally see what she's going to look like. Um, but I feel like this show is going to be made for like young adult women. Like some of the top, I was so surprised that like they're exploring like, dating they're exploring like career so i'm really like friendships i'm really excited to kind of just see where they take this story because i think with hawkeye and miss marvel when we got the trailers it kind of felt disney channel original but this actually felt like i don't know where wine country because there's like one scenery that made me think of that um meets kind of just like a easy a meets another like fun film comedy type show and a little bit of insecure too in terms of like exploring her her career and things so i'm excited yeah that's a great little list of movies and shows there and, and i i think I, I kind of got flashes of that as well i did catch a, a couple of kind of like ooh, i feel like i've seen a cover a comic book cover of that shot of like mm -hmm. her coming down from the sky uh, there was a bit where obviously her costume was great too. And like I said, I mean, the CGI is not great, but I think what they've done and what they've shown is perfect. Like that is exactly kind of how I pictured She-Hulk. And there's a really cool shot that I liked of her and Hulk jumping somewhere. And, yeah. uh, you know, like he's huge and she's a lot smaller than he is, which is exactly how it is in the comics. And so I was like, okay, that, that looked really cool as well. Um, we saw a shot of Emil Blonsky uh, being like laughing from his cell. And I, I think Brian pointed out that that cell is from Shang-Chi. So mm -hmm. when he gets kind of taken in. Um, but yeah, other than that, I didn't really catch much more. I really liked the idea that she's going to be a lawyer for superheroes or just a superhero type, super powered lawyer before she was even Hulk, it sounds like. So that's interesting. And I like that, that they she's obviously has some skills and it's not because of her powers that she got the job. Like it was, it was on her merit, which I thought was fan is fantastic too, but I'm excited. Yeah. That whole bit at the end where she's like carrying the guy in through, <laughs> I thought that was great. I was like, Oh wow, that's awesome. 
Yeah. Do you want to? What do you say? Like, do you want to order? Should we order share a fry or something? Like order that? them to go. Yeah, order them to go. Yeah, <laughs> I think cool. it'll be pretty funny. We didn't see. Um, is it? Is her name Jam Jamila Jamal? Yeah, uh, Jamila Jamil. Jamila Jamil. Yes. Okay. From well, we yeah, saw a quick clip of her in it, so that was exciting. Okay, I didn't even catch that. It must have been really fast. Yeah, Kevin put like a screenshot in our Discord, so that was that's how I it, it was super quick. I feel like all the faces just went by really quick if you weren't the Hulk or She Hulk. Yeah. But I was thinking they were going to show a little bit of Meg the Stallion because they announced that she's going to be like making a cameo in the show, and obviously Ooh. they're going to save it. But I thought there could have been a rare chance whenever the the trailer came out that we would see her, which would be hilarious. <laughs> I'm glad. I, I hope. I honestly hope they don't, just because yeah. whatever episode that is that she shows up in, and I hope it's recurring too. I hope it's not like a little cameo. I hope she's got a part, which would be just just so balling balling for her. I'm so that. Ugh, I, I'm very excited for the show. I think I'd said that this is. Now that Miss Marvel is slated to come out in a month, this is my most anticipated MCU show. Uh, and I'm pumped. We've got Miss Marvel and then Thor and then She-Hulk, which is so funny because it, it used to be, what was it? It was like Hawkeye, Moon Knight, and Doctor Strange. So it's like we get these little pods of films and TVs, and I'm excited for this next uh, this next quarter, I guess you could say, financial quarter mm -hmm. of, of Marvel properties. Um. But speaking of which, we, we have a pretty big Marvel property here to break down tonight. Uh, we're going to be talking about Moon Knight, every single thing about Moon Knight. So uh, full spoilers for the show. Uh, it's been out now for a couple weeks, I think. I mean, I guess, yeah, the finale came out during Doctor Strange. So it's been out for two weeks. Uh, hopefully you all have had a chance to check it out. Um, if not, definitely do it. Uh, it's definitely one of my favorite of the MCU shows. And we'll, we'll get into that, Maya, to see if if we can dare rank it amongst all of the other TV shows and properties. But um, we're going to talk about all of the episodes. We're going to break down the uh, the characters as well, which I, I really like personally now that especially we're part of the Nerd Life, Nerd Life Network. I love that, you know, Earth's Mightiest Weirdos gets to break down each episode by episode each week. And then I get to talk about the entire thing after it's done. And I, I maintain that, that I love it that way because mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes you see things in one episode and then you start jumping to a bunch of conclusions and then none of that happens in the next episode or whatever it is and uh, we'll get to some pieces of that too one of the big ones being that i think uh, when i rewatched them all at once the uh the finale played way better on a rewatch because it almost felt like the last two episodes were just one big episode because it picks mm -hmm. up right after it left off i was like wow okay this actually makes a lot more sense mm -hmm. for sure and i was surprised like I think a lot of the creators, other YouTube creators that I follow, they'll do the individual episode breakdowns, but don't like go back and do like the full like review because my viewing experience after doing a rewatch of all the episodes was so different. So I'm excited to dive in. <laughs> yeah. So let's start with uh, just overall thoughts of, of the season and I'll, and I'll let you start and I'll, as I say, and I'll interrupt. Um, I'll, I'll wait till you're done talking, but uh go, Overall thoughts on the the season as a whole. Um, did you have a favorite episode? Was there you know any favorite moments? Anything like that? Like what what made Moon Knight work for you as a show? For sure, and I think what worked for me is that there's so much focus on the character versus the hero. I think like you know I think of my favorite Iron Man or Captain America scenes. They're not necessarily focused on like Tony Stark or Steve Rogers. Like the things that get me excited is them as a hero. And for this show, like, 
honestly, when I'm talking about the show, I rarely say Moon Knight unless I'm talking about the title of the series, like Moon Knight in his costume. Like, so I just love how we were able to dive so deep into uh, Stephen Grant, Mark Spector, and just really feel like that personal connection to who they are, not like when they don't have the costume on. And so uh, my favorite episode with that said is episode five, because really, really emotional episode. And it kind of goes back into his um, both like Mark and Steven's past, kind of how they got there. Um, it was very, very emotional. Um, I actually cried on my rewatch um, because it was just so moving. So I think just like the focus on them as people um, and exploring a, um, a mental health issue that I wasn't very familiar about um, really did it for me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, and I've been thinking about it too. I really, it's tough for me to pick what my favorite episode was like. I, and I remember too, when I was first watching it, like the first episode, I thought it was really good when I first watched it, but it wasn't, it wasn't, um, it didn't like grab me a ton. So like after I was done, I was like, okay, we'll see next week. Like I had no plans to rewatch it. And then when the second episode came out, I was like, oh, things are heating up like this. I like this. I like the second episode more than the first. And then I was like, man, I like the third more than the second. And then I like the, you know, and it <laughs> kept being that way, even with the finale. Like I, I just thought that they, all of them did such a good job. And I almost, I would almost say maybe like either the fourth or the fifth episode was my favorite. I too got incredibly emotional watching that, that fifth one. And even on the rewatch, I got emotional on some other scenes, knowing what I knew from that. And, and mm-hmm. we'll get to that when we talk about it. But yeah, this, I, I loved this show. Moon Knight, he wasn't necessarily one of my favorite characters, um, but he's someone that I've always had an affinity for. Like I've got a, a painting on the wall over there that um, is of Moon Knight. And it, it was just something about like the fact that he's a lunar, you know, hero that I just, I'm, I love, I've always loved the moon. I've always loved space. And so the fact that he's got like a moon and he's got, you know, he's brutal and he has multiple, per- like there's so many cool things about him. He reminds me a lot of Boba Fett in that sense, or at least when you're looking at him from an outside perspective where like everybody loves Boba Fett but no one really knew much about him. It was like, Oh, he's a cool looking character. Right. And so Moonlight's the same way when you're, you know, on the, on the surface, he's super cool. Like he's got a cool costume. He's a badass. He's got interesting stuff. He's in Egypt. Like we love that, that action adventure. Uh, but then when you dive into it, you're like, Oh wow, he's actually a really complex character as well. And I'll be honest, I think the movie did a better job than the comics did overall, Mm -hmm. because I think one of the and and one of the credits to the comics is that they have the option of, okay, you know, somebody just told this Moon Knight story. How can I build on that? How can I maybe change something or how can I do this? Whereas now the show is like, well, we have all of this source material. What pieces of it are we going to pull in here? Like at the beginning, you know, when Moon Knight first started, I don't think they really dove into the fact that he had a mental disorder. Like they, it was almost like a, a, a excitement. You see it on the front of the cover where it says when th- one becomes three or something like that. And it's like, he's just using these, he's pretending to be other people to get what he wants, right? Like Jake Lockley gets him the scoops and Steve. And so it was like almost played off for fun. And then eventually the comics were like, actually he has, you know, multiple personalities and it's actually a serious issue. And so the fact that the show skipped over all of that stuff and kind of skipped over some of the corny pieces and really drilled down to, what makes this character so interesting, I think stands the test of time comparatively to the comics. And there's, there are some great comics out there, but um, this, sh- and this show wouldn't be what it was without those comics, but it's, it's still really cool to see. So yeah, this is uh 
in terms of ranking it, because uh, I think I had my number one was WandaVision, my number two was Loki. I'd almost throw it in between the two of them. Uh, mm-hmm. There's days where I may even say I like Moon Knight better than WandaVision. So mm-hmm. I love the show. Yeah, I I definitely dethrone Loki because that was my favorite. Nice. Um, and I'm like, uh, you know, everything ebbs and flows. So we'll see like in a month from now. But yeah. it really resonated what you said about like him being like a cool looking character and like just the aesthetic for like I do. I had uh, I was Moon Knight for Halloween last year. Yeah. Nothing about like outside of just like the high level about his character, I knew nothing about him. I just like oh my gosh, he's so cool. And so, <laughs> um, like actually being able to like pair this really awesome series with like someone I thought was just really cool and just very interesting is great. Yeah. This also, too, I think, um, do the math. This marks the first series, first live action series with a brand new character. So mm-hmm. all all of our TV shows were all of OG characters, and mm-hmm. that's the other thing that kind of excited me too. Was you know, uh, it was like twofold, right? You know, with the, with the shows that yes, we're going to get these shows where we can dive into these characters that maybe didn't get as much in the movies, but then at the same time, we can have shows where we're introducing a brand new character, and both of those are really exciting. But after having you know Wanda and then uh, Loki and uh, Hawkeye and then and uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier it was nice to have a brand new character and and get back to that conversation of like, where, where are the rest of the Avengers, right? Like where, where does this stack in the MCU? Like, I always love having that conversation. You didn't get to do that much with the other ones. Cause you cut, you're like, okay, this kind of takes place a couple of months after end game. That makes sense. But with this one, it was like, I, they didn't even mention the snap in this one. Right. Now that I'm thinking about it, like we didn't hear anything about that. So do we even know, is there anything in this that, would indicate when it took place because if i'm remembering right easter egg wise we heard um we heard madripoor mentioned mm-hmm. and we also heard that and we heard the ancestral plane mentioned by Tawit. Mm-hmm. and uh and that's it i think so yeah. i don't know when this takes place it could be right after it could be right before i don't know yeah it's so standalone to the point where i can't even place it but i actually like that like i'm not thinking of any yeah. other property Remember there was like after the first two episodes, there's like, oh, this is the connection, this, this, and this, and it was a stretch. But um, yeah, I'm really curious to know how this is going to connect. And I actually have a few questions for you, but you can probably get to it. I've got some questions in. too. Uh, <laughs> we there's def- there's always gonna be a couple of them coming out of these shows. But <laughs> the nice thing I think with a lot of them was more of like interest, I suppose you could say, of like, you know, ooh, I'm curious about this versus like this, you know, this part didn't make sense. And, at, you know, kind of what we see with some of the other stuff, like, eh, that that, that doesn't fly. Or like we're talking about with She-Hulk, you know, oh, the CGI didn't really add up. Uh, the only thing I would say overall was I thought the CGI was great overall. There were a couple of, I wouldn't even call them cringy moments. I know the biggest one, and I, the only reason I say it is because everyone in the room screamed it when uh, I was watching the first episode. It was with my cousin and my brother, and we were all in the, the same room together watching it. And when he's driving around that corner and the, yeah. and the cars are chasing with him, they were like, oh, my God, that CGI is terrible. And I was like, wait, what? And the, but now I can't I can't not see it. And I, I have to give it to them. Like, OK, if you if the CGI CGI doesn't have to be perfect, but if it takes you out of the episode to make you say, oh, that's CGI, that means that it's a little under par, in my opinion. And so there was a couple mm-hmm. moments like that. But overall, 
for the amount of stuff for for the kaiju fight at the end for his costume changes all of that felt seamless like i was never taken out of the show with that stuff which i think is where it counts right for sure yeah there was one scene where i'm like because we're i'm so used to seeing the cgi moon knight so when i think oscar isaacs had his like he didn't have like the face covering you can see that it was actually like a physical costume i'm like oh that looks kind of different <laughs> but i agree i think what scene way, is that you're talking about i think it was the last episode um i gotta okay. think when he was i think it's the scene where he's talking to layla and i think and maybe because i was just going back and re-watching all of them i'm so used to seeing the cgi costume which mm -hmm. is not that different, but like when we actually, maybe because we don't see enough of like the real costume, it's all CGI and made it look a little bit different. But I have to check, like track down that scene um, because that was just like a thought, but the guy jumping on the truck in that, that first episode, oh my God, it was so bad. Yeah, <laughs> and you will, and the reason I asked is because you made me think of one other scene, which was mm -hmm. in the fourth episode, or it's the fourth, maybe the third, when they go to Mogart's. And he's, you know, he just got stabbed by all that stuff. Oh, yeah. And Layla gets, I think she just gets hit by the horse. And he stops everything that he's doing. His mask comes off and he goes, Layla! <laughs> and I was like, dude, what are you doing? And I get it. Like, oh, Mark cares about her for real. But it was such a cringy scene. But beyond that, it felt very Iron man -y of like mm -hmm. the way his head was with the <laughs> costume it like kind of you know you know what i'm talking about and, and yeah. uh, so that one was strange but it, it's like half a second so it doesn't last very long and then of course you know he's in that same scene jumping off the pyramid with his giant cape and i'm like yeah. all is forgiven because that part <laughs> is just so sick so yeah it had a couple bits like that but i overall i thought the cgi was great for you know the the budgets that they're giving these shows. And uh, the other question I'd ask you is, what do you think about the, the pacing of the show as a whole in terms of, you know, it's only six episodes. That last episode is strangely short. I think it's only like with credits, without credits, like 38 minutes, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, did you feel like at any moment in the show, it felt really rushed? Cause obviously there's a piece of it that is by design, very fast moving to make you be like, what's going on? Like that's part of the show, but I felt like there may have been towards the end, a little bit of like, man, I wish we could have gotten like one or two more episodes to flesh a few things out. For sure. I, I mean, at first, and honestly, I think the episode that you, Kevin and Brian, and I think Anthony were talking about, like, I think after episode five, that the episode, it was one episode you're kind of predicting if, you know, what would be the post credit scene in your life. I don't think we're going to get anything about Jake. I think it's going to be in the post-credit yeah. scene. So I'm like, okay, like in this post-credit scene, I'm good enough. Like that's fine with me. So I do see why a lot of people are saying it's rushed. And I do agree because the only piece that I would have wanted to see a little bit more of are the gods. And I know it's going to be a lot to show like all these ginormous gods fighting each other. I don't necessarily need to see it, but it would be a good understanding like what they look like. Cause especially going back and watching the first episode and how they tease the, Lord, my my pronunciation, Enid, like whatever the nine gods. Oh, the Enid. Enid. And I'm like, oh. So I'm thinking, like in my rewatch, I'm like, oh, that would have been cool to kind of just see them live. But um, 
knowing that they may not probably come back, I'm totally okay with not seeing it. So I was fine with the only one I felt like could have been, well, okay, there's two things. The ending, the finale, where I felt like it could have been a little bit more. I also think episode two, where it was just like, okay, Steven, come yes. on. You know you're getting your ass kicked. Like, just give Mark the body. Like, And I get it. We we got to see the cool Mr. Knight costume and kind of like the back and forth there. Um, and his interactions with Layla I thought was really valuable. But... I'm like, okay, you know, any sane person wouldn't just get their ass kicked by some of this powerful force and not try to seek any help. So that was the only other piece where I'm like, okay, they could have taken that out. Yep. Over I had the same complaint episode. with episode two of like, mm -hmm. dude, come on, man. And it wasn't even at that point. It was like midway through. I'm like, you have a woman who just found you through GPS telling you that she's your wife. If I was you, I'd be like, all right, we need to sit down and you need to tell me everything you know, because yes. I clearly don't know anything. And he just kept on being like, I don't want to talk to you. And I, you know, I, which I get because he's a different person. But at the same time, I feel like they uh, they stretched that so thin. Like, I'm glad the way it ended by the end of that second episode, because I remember saying to myself, if they keep pulling this in episode three, I'm going to be mad. Mm -hmm. And they didn't. They didn't. Right. Like it, it moved on, but it did wear out its welcome by the end of that mm -hmm. episode. Which is fine. I mean, that's part of the show was like the confusion behind who is Mark, who is Steven. Mm -hmm. um, did you notice, too, I, I read that Jake Lockley actually makes multiple appearances in um, besides, obviously, the moments where we don't see him, right, where he's killing people. But they said that there's moments where he'll be looking in a reflection and there's a third reflection of him uh, in there, um, <laughs> which I tried. to. I did notice in a few. Again, it's not like you can't tell that it's him, mm -hmm. but. Uh, they, they phase zero did an interview with one of the showrunners and he was saying like, yeah, there's definitely Easter eggs in the other episodes of Jake and beyond the things that people have caught. So I was like, Oh, that's interesting. So maybe it'll make more sense. Or they'll have a little bit of some revelations. If we get a season two about mm -hmm. like, you know, how did Jake come to be? And we can talk about that right now. Cause again, we're talking about the whole season. So Jake, Jake to me was fascinating because again, totally different from the comics where they, they purposely are holding back this third personality. And I've heard some people saying that maybe he even has more personalities inside him, mm -hmm. which is interesting to think about. But at the same time, I wonder again, how much can you stretch a mental disorder before it becomes a caricature, you know, of like, mm -hmm. Oh, this guy's got 18 personalities in his head and he can be whoever he wants to be. Like, this is a good thing, but I, mm -hmm. I feel like three is enough, but I still thought it was cool that we got to see him at the end. Uh, he's a totally different person. And I, I just hope we get more of him or at least get, I don't know. I feel like you could just have the whole second season be about Jake and how Mark doesn't know who he is and, and whatnot. Like you don't, maybe don't even need a villain. Um, mm -hmm. Though it would be cool to have some B level villain that he has to fight, but that the real turmoil is within himself. For sure. Wow. Okay. Cause I remember that was like a big question I had is like, does Jake know the others existed? And I figured they would. Ooh, that's a good question. But if he's watching from reflections, then. He, oh yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. He he knows what's going on. So it's interesting to kind of like, he's probably seeing Mark and Steven interact and he just, they're quiet on the side. Like you would think, I don't know if there's any sort of brotherhood with just multiple personalities. I mean, we saw it with Stephen Mark. Yeah, we're hitting there. You would think that you would, you know, they would, he would want to interact with them. But I mean, it also, we don't know what his relationship with Kanshu is and if it's like more extreme in terms of 
threats and kind of like holding his life against him. So like you said, I'm gonna I'm gonna be really excited to to see kind of like the next phase of Jake Lockley for sure. Yeah. Um, I noticed something too, and I guess we can, we can kick it off start, starting and kind of continuing talking with the first episode. Um, when when Steven's in the gift shop, uh, he's working with a bunch of Tawet uh, stuff, like stuffed yes. animals. I, was, like, I had it on my notes. I did not really never never realize, and he even like talks with Donna about it. And I was yes. like, what? How did we? How did I miss that or forget? And again, that's like the beauty of doing a, watching it all at once. Mm-hmm. I thought that was so cool. That was, and I'm like, wow, this first episode was so much foreshadowing. Everything he explains with that girl saying like, you know, they pull, you get to go down the field of reeds and and all this stuff, you know, and the one thing I was thinking, this was one of my questions for you was, you know, she puts trash inside the pyramid. Do you think there was any deeper meaning there? Or was that just a gag for, you know, showing that he cares? Because I was trying to think like, is there something foreshadowy about the fact that she put something in the I, I don't know there may not be what? but I was just like because hmm, I, I remember the scene where um Arthur and his people were like going and like they found the tomb and it's in the middle of the pyramid I think it was like in the middle so I'm like maybe like where she put whatever the trash is was that the place they went I don't know yeah it's because like, the gods are trash Maya that's probably why maybe <laughs> they can't keep up uh, you know and it's funny going back to what you said earlier about the gods um and I love this. We're just going to talk about the show like this. I don't think we're even going to go episode <laughs> by episode. We can just talk about it all. Um, when you you said it would have been cool to see them more, and I totally agree. Like I was, I was honestly dying to see Anubis. He's like one of my favorite Egyptian gods, and we didn't, which you know we still got a chance to. But I think it's funny because it, if the gods had showed up, say in that you know that third episode or whichever one it was, I feel like they would have taken down Harrow, and then that would have been the end of the episode because like. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like the avatars themselves, sure. But like if the actual god was there, I feel like they'd be like, he's lying. Like, you know, because they're physically present and can see it versus just seeing through someone. I don't know, though. That's maybe just a guess. For sure. And I think what didn't work in terms of the gods for me is I had to wait until y'all were discussing it after to realize the guy in the suit was Osiris. Like, for like the avatars and the gods, I w- would have wished to know like who was who a little bit more to like them distinguish it. Um, so yeah, that was just like one thing. But yeah, I yeah, there's no way that all those gods would like be in their ginormous form and then, um, you know, they won't be able to take down Arthur. So that's that's definitely fair. I would um, crap branch just broke. I totally forgot what I was <laughs> about Arthur, but um. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Nice, nice. Uh, I'm looking through here too. One of the questions I had when I was kind of, I just made a couple of notes on each of the episodes. And uh, is Steven the main character of this show or is it Mark that's the main character, would you say? That is a good question. Because the show opens, and I put, I said, we see life through Steven's eyes with Mark being who comes later. But Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, Mark is the one that created Steven, but you get two full episodes of just Steven, basically, you get a little bit of Mark, but then even by the end of it, you know, the the triumph in his mental prison is Steven being like later skaters as he, as he leaves, like it was Steven who gets to leave. And but then when they wake up, you know, both of them are there together. So I, it, I guess it could be two main characters that then mm-hmm. merge into one. But I just thought it was fascinating of like, if you had to pick one, who would you say who the main character is? 
I would still say Mark, even though I, I feel like it's both of them. But for some reason, maybe after that, like episode five, it kind of like changed my view. Because when I thought that Stephen was going to stay dead, I'm like, I'm really putting him at the center. Like, oh, Stephen was a projection of his trauma. And it made me view the whole show very differently. But I still think it's Mark just because, you know, we got more of his background. It wasn't Steven's background when we're understanding how the relationship with Kanchu came to be, his relationship with Layla and all these different things. So I feel like Mark with all those different starting points um, and kind of just being like the first step of everything, I think I, I think it's more so Mark. But even, but it's like told through Steven. But even in the first episode, I still felt like, okay, when am I going to see Mark? Not that I didn't, I loved like Stephen, like favorite yeah, character. I felt the same way. For sure. But it's just like, I felt like, okay, this is kind of like, he's confused. I'm confused. I'm waiting to get the answers with Mark. Yeah. That's a good point that like, okay, mm -hmm. this is fun and all, but what Mark needs to come out and explain what's going mm -hmm. on to the audience sort of thing, which they really played coy with too. Cause he was like, do you really want to know? And Steven's <laughs> like, yeah, I work for Conchu. And it was like, yeah, we know that we can guess that part. No, we're talking about what's going on in your head, man. And I feel mm -hmm. like a, uh, like an actual psychiatrist or doctor would probably tell you that it is Mark. That's the main character. Do not say that Steven's the main character because that is a created fiction in his head. Like right. do not support that. Uh, which again yeah, is, is probably fair too. Um, yeah. And I, I even put in here for episode two of like Steven catching on so slowly. I thought it was frustrating. I did want to point out though, if you didn't, did you notice that technically Layla is also in every single episode of the of the show? Oh yeah! Wow. Because she, I mean, in the first episode, it's just by phone, but technically, mm -hmm. she's a part of. Because I was like, do you remember? I, I know I do. When when the second episode came out, I was like, I can tell. I said I can tell she's. I'm going to like her, but I'm not a huge fan of her in this episode. And then each episode, I liked her more and more. And then when I rewatched that second episode, I was like, man, she is so good in this episode, too. But I, it was like the way that they chose to introduce her. It's very abrupt. And I almost was just like, what are you doing here? Like, I'm trying to figure out Mark. I don't need some other person in here tr trying to even mess with my mind even more. Yeah, I definitely felt overwhelmed when her character was introduced. Because it's just like, okay, let me just try to play catch up here. But... I still really, even when she was introduced, I thought it was like, I do feel like the idea that their husband and wife was a little understated in the series. Like you said, there could have been a conversation of them like, yeah, this is our past. And I remember she was like, you don't remember our adventures, our life together, all these things. I'm like, ah, give us a flashback, give us something. Right. right. So um, I do felt like they could have added a little bit more to kind of show their connection as husband and wife. But yeah, that is crazy thing. She's in every episode. Did you ever see uh, Agents of, Agents of Shield? I watched the first two seasons. I believe was Mockingbird in one of those. Adrian Pilecki. It's been a minute. Maybe okay. Not. Okay. Um, I don't know why I always associate it of like Hawkeye, but like in the comics, Hawkeye was married to Mockingbird for a while. He dated Black Widow. He he like had all these relationships with all these characters, and nothing ever went anywhere because he's like. He's the circus boy. Like he can't keep, he can't hold a relationship. And so uh, I, I was thinking about that and I was like, I wonder if that's why they did it the way that they did it 
is because that's kind of Mark Spector too. Like it's probably a good idea. Like if he's not telling her about it, his, his mental disorder and we'll get to it too, but he doesn't tell her that his mom died. Like he does not seem like somebody that's healthy enough to be in a relationship. And it even sounded like from the way that she told him of like, you, you came to find me because you were feeling guilty about my dad being killed. And that's the reason, that's the reason we met. And that's mm -hmm. why, you know, and then they got married. And so I almost wonder if that's a piece of it is like, yes, they were married and that's going to be something they look back on because they're probably going to be best friends, just like Hawkeye is with Mockingbird and Black Widow and all of that. But like, it's going to be one of those laughing later of like, I don't even know why we got married in the first place. Mm -hmm. Like, dude, you got met, you got problems. And he's like, haha, like, I know I do. Uh, which I just thought was interesting because at first I was the same as you. I'm like, I need some flashbacks and stuff. But eventually I was like, honestly, I, they're not good together. Like, I wanted her to be with Steven. Steven. I and know. I say that, like, that's actually a really good point because I felt like if they showed us how strong their, like, marriage was or their bond was, we would feel weird that Steven was kind of, like, flirting, you know, with his his girl, basically. So I do right. like the separation now that you you say it like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, which brings me to a question, though. Another one of the questions that I had. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I believe it was a book in the second episode where she's, he says like some quote, right. In French. Yeah. She's like, he says, that's my favorite book. And she's like, no, that's my favorite book. And I was wondering, did this, the fact that this is his favorite book, but he created Steven when he was like 12. So he never knew Layla. Mm -hmm. So is it, is this like something that, subconsciously he was attracted to Layla somewhat. I don't know. And the way that I put it in here, I said, um, maybe it's because Layla is very similar to Dr. Stephen Grant from the movie. Like she is a tomb Raider the same way that he is. And he just mimicked that personality, which is almost ironic, right? That, you know, the personality he faked ended up being identical to the person that he fell in love with. Uh, but I was curious if you had any thoughts on that of like, why? Cause they, they made a point to call that out in the episode. So it had to mean meant something. At first I thought, Oh, this is like, you know, it's his other psyche, right? This, this Steven is everything Layla wants him to be. Whereas Mark is everything is, but that doesn't make sense because he created her bef before Layla. Did you do any thoughts on that? So I think now that I'm thinking about it, I always thought the relationship with Mark and Steve, Mark and Steven is that, they had access to the same physical surrounding, but they just had relationships with their surroundings differently. So right. Mark could have had like a book that he may or may not have read, but this is, you know, him and Steven occupied the same room growing right. up. So he could have probably dipped, like delved deeper into it if it was just in the vicinity and get really passionate about it. And then Mark could be like, oh, no, I don't care about this. So I don't, I don't know. I feel like there's multiple ways you can view it, but I think that's how I viewed it. It's, it's just like them developing their own interests, but also having access to the same resources. Yeah. And in a way, it almost makes more sense, too, that they hit it off so well, like that he just naturally is the perfect person for her that like mm -hmm. he would love that book because, you know, of course, that's her favorite book, too, that it ends up being his favorite book. And, um, and, and you look at it too, with like all the Egyptian stuff. Right. And he talked, that was another thing I missed when I was doing the rewatch. I'm like, wow. Do you remember that in the first episode where there's like, it's it had to have been like two minutes of him not being able to sleep 
and he's like throwing the Rubik's cube up and it has the thing playing. And it's like, mm -hmm. basically you're, you're kind of learning that he doesn't, he tries not to sleep. And during that time, he just studies Egyptology oh, front to back. And, and yet Mark knows nothing about it. So you're absolutely right. I think it, it is how they're interacting with their space differently, which mm -hmm. is, fa is fascinating. It's just fascinating. Yeah. We get the Mr. Knight suit uh, at the end of this second episode. Uh, are you a fan? Well, and let's call this out. We actually get to see the Moon Knight suit too uh, multiple times. And it's really cool that you mentioned it the way you did. And I agree that this really felt like a Mark and Steven show more <laughs> so than Moon Knight even though we get a ton of Moon Knight in this series. Like, we get costume show, episode one, unheard of. We get awesome fight scenes in episode two. And in three, we get cool stuff. And then, obviously, they take them away. But the amount of costume we saw in this show was impressive compared to the other. Like, we didn't get Cap until the very last episode. The Cap scene. Right. Exactly. And for us to see so much of it, and then the main characters still be, like, the main focal point is just a beautiful thing because... Every time Moon Knight was in the suit, we just knew that we we're going to get just a beautiful visual experience. Like you mentioned, is that episode three or four when like they were in, like when he's like jumping up and like his like wings turn into like oh, a yeah, moon? Yeah. It's just like every time I'm like, oh, here goes Moon Knight. It's about to be some really cool visuals with the moon, with the night sky. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so it just, it just made me really excited every time I saw it, but I loved, I love the Mr. Knight costume. I thought that was just so cool. Yeah, yeah. They did a great job with that. I still, mm -hmm. I'll stand by. I'm not a huge fan of the mask only because of the, the broken thing in it. Just because mm -hmm. in the comics it was clean. But I, I get why, right? He's got a broken psyche. So it totally mm -hmm. makes sense. But I will say, I think we talked about at one point of like, I wonder what the inspiration was for the Moon Knight costume. Because his typical Moon Knight costume doesn't look like that. And I, I loved it. I'm like, oh, we get, you know, you get the mummy stuff, right? With the with the bandages. Well, guess what? We thought that it was original. It's not. That was a yeah. costume design straight from, I think this is from one of the uh, Earth X series. I've never read it, but I did read an article that was showing this as one of the co covers. And the guy who was designing the costumes uh, was talking about it and said, yeah, we used this as our starting point. And Kevin loved it. And he was like, but he said, add more of the Moon Knight costume to it of mm. like the way that it looks like a Moon Knight costume, but then it's bandages. So that was all Kevin's part of it was like, hey, you should you should get it put in. But how cool is that? So like they did pull it off. So I think that makes it even more interesting that if if Jake also gets his own costume, is that costume going to be the OG Moon Knight costume, which was an, it would be an interesting choice. It's like uh, and I might have to try to find a photo, but it's. It's just a lot more sleek. There's there's some black in it as well. I mean, the original Moon Knight costume is just all white. There's mm -hmm. no bandages or anything. He just has a flat face mask over him that's white as well. But again, his his costumes kind of evolved over time. And there's a slick. It's in the the uh, Warren Ellis run. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I'll be excited to see if maybe they do some changes. Even the Mister Knight one, they did a couple of changes. So I, I don't anticipate it being perfect, but um, yeah. close enough is fine with me. I remember. I think I may have seen you some pictures like around the time. Because when I put my Halloween costume together, I'm like, oh, most of these pictures, he has like a black cape. And I'm like, oh, I was so mad when there's like no black at all in the series. I'm like, oh, of course, it's like a very different visual. But yeah. um, if they end up bringing that back with Jake, that would be really cool. 
Mm -hmm. And, you know, I did almost, I cosplayed that Moon Knight costume. Oh, I did. Yeah, I, I was going to make a joke on my joke, if you remember what I'm talking about. Maya. Oh, my God. The toilet paper I wrapped around my head, I was going to be like, I was doing, but I was actually doing it in that one, too. So, okay, I just I joked myself. So, great. Um, yeah, you can check that out. Earth's Mightiest Weirdos. That was, uh, I what episode? That was the Logan, uh, send Logan to Megacon episode. Yeah. Um, third episode, I loved this and the fourth because I know you know I'm a huge fan of the Mummy movies. I'm a huge fan of, I mean, we get to the end, I'm a huge Godzilla fan too. There, there are just so many call-outs in this to films that I loved. Indiana Jones. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm trying to think, there was one other set of movies where I was like, wow, it's very reminiscent. Oh, of Pirates that. of the Caribbean. Yes, Pirates mm -hmm. of the Caribbean. Yes, there was, oh. And Lisa and I are just, we're doing a rewatch of that. She hasn't seen the, the newer one. So we're, um, it's been nice to go back and watch, but it is just, I don't know what it is. I'm like the opposite of Anakin Skywalker. I love sand. And just when you can see that sand, there's maybe even a little bit of holes action. Maya. I saw some people digging with shovels. You never know. Oh my goodness. All the movies that we love. just Mr. Knight, Mr. Sir. <laughs> oh my God. I don't know. You do the math. You connect the dots. Um, I, so, so this scene, you know, maybe the third episode might be, I say this for all of them, but there's a scene in here where Mark and Layla are on that boat and it is that gorgeous magenta, like coloring on it. Just, it is a visually appetizing scene, but at the same time, did you notice and rewatch how insane that scene is? Because she says, what's been going on with you, Mark, or something like that. And he's like, he's inches away from saying that his mom just died because you don't notice that. But then when he says at the end, he's like, you know, she died two months ago. So that's when he left Layla and disappeared. Like he absconded and then just hid inside of Steven. And so that was him having an opportunity to share it. And he chooses not to. And he just says like, yeah, it's just, it's a lot. You don't want to, you don't want to hear about it. But I just thought it was so fascinating because she even said like, we could have gotten it through together. That scene right there to me, that's the solidification of they are not good together. The two of them, because she's over here bearing her soul saying, Hey, I want to, you know, I want to help you. And he's like, well, I've never been really good at that. Have I? And it's like, yeah, you're really stubborn. But then when Steven comes out later, it's like, there it is. Like there, you can just tell that there's a tension between the two of them. And the exact opposite when Steven's around, there's like this really exciting sort of tension between them where it's like they, they feel like they're best friends when they're just trying to solve stuff. But did you catch that in the rewatch? Yes. And I'm like, wow, that scene really just showed how deep rooted the trauma, like the person closest to you who knows all this conchu stuff, like the only other person who knows that about you, right. you can't even tell them like the personal stuff that you have going on, like not knowing about his mother passing. So it just showed like, and I think that's probably what made episode five on the rewatch so hard to watch. It's like, okay, this is the way he is, or this is the reason why he's the way he is. And I'm just like, open up. Like you are so, so closed off. And I think that's why naturally the audience is, is so much easier to gravitate to Steven because, you know, he's operating in a space where, you know, he can be loving, he can be empathetic, he can be yeah. open and, but no, yeah, that that scene was really intense. And you know, I I don't I don't remember what your thoughts were on uh, the uh, spoilers for Doctor Strange. If you have not seen the movie, skip ahead a couple of minutes or close your eyes. The villain turn for Wanda. I know that a lot of people weren't a fan of that. Were you? 
I was not. I okay, wasn't. okay. Because I, I, I kind of see them similarly in the sense that, you know, by the end of WandaVision, a lot of people kind of assumed that she's good to go, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that Marvel, to their absolute credit, is really diving into this idea that in the real world, one little activity like that doesn't fix you, right? Like, you know, whatever trauma it is that you're facing, you, it's not just, it doesn't just get wrapped up in a bow at the end of the season. And so again, regardless of whether you agree, you know, that she went to a villain, I really appreciated that they're like, let's keep diving into this because this, it wasn't solved by the end of it. And with this too, they have a really great opportunity and they per maybe purposely did that of like, you could see by the end of this, ah, everything's good, right? Steven and Mark have kind of, but it's like, Mark still has to reconcile with Layla, which he has not done. She still doesn't know that his mom died. She has no idea that he got abused as a kid. And they, they haven't assigned the divorce papers, right? So they have to, at some point, meet to talk about that stuff. There's more fuel for season two in terms of more character development because that could make him spiral again. Look how hard it was for him to share it with his other personality. Like, how hard would that be to share with somebody who you've, you've actively tried to avoid telling? Um, I just think that that's right, especially with Jake coming in, too, of like, you haven't told me about your your mom, Mark, and you have a third person out. Like, there's just so much there that I feel like could crack him open even more, which is great for us viewers. I feel like it's going to just even be a deeper dive into his brain. Right. That's actually a really powerful point. It's actually making me think of the MCU very differently that. It's always a redemption arc and they just stay good and everything that they do after is for the greater good. Right. And like you said, it should ebb and flow because, you know, everyone doesn't process thing, things differently and a journey is a bunch of highs and lows. So, wow. <laughs> yeah, that, that definitely like resonated with me. And I think, yeah, I definitely see that with Mark's arc too. So I, I just can't wait. I, I hate that we don't know where the story is going to go next. Is it going to be in a movie? Is it going to be another series? But they have a lot to, to explore with this character, a lot more. Yeah, absolutely. And when you look at it that way, I'm going to jump to the very end. And I, I was like, I have to, I, I watched it again. Cause I was like, how does this end? Because it just ends. And I was like, is there any close? Like what happens? And so I, and I wrote it down too. Cause I said, there's no closure with Layla at all. They capture Harrow. They bring him there. They put uh, Ahmet into him and then Conchu uh, frees him. And all we see from Layla is him saying, you have a choice, Mark. And he says, you know, release me. And then as he's being released, he then wakes up in the, in the, in his brain, like his, he heals his psych piece. And then it, you know, he falls backwards and then he's back in his apartment. So we never see what happens, but like, what did they do later? Was she just like, all right, I'll talk to you later. See ya. Or did she yeah. fly out of the pyramid? Leave? Like there's a lot to be answered for at the very end of that. And I think I'm hoping they did that on purpose that obviously she has become a, she has a huge um, kind of arc in this as well. The beginnings of an arc of, she started off being, well, in a sense, she was kind of not the arm candy of, of Mark, but, you know, she was his protection of like, oh, I'm not going to let you become Conchu's avatar. I'm going to be, you know, babysitting you. And she's clearly doesn't need that. And she also clearly didn't want it anyway. Right. Like she's mm -hmm. like, I want nothing to do with you. But now she's got a taste of it with Tawedit. And it's like, you know, oh, are you an Egyptian superhero? I am. And the way that she said it was like her realizing maybe I can do some good with this. And so I need to see more of that. Like I need to see in her struggle of like, 
wow, you know, tough talk. Like, oh, when she gives him crap about Jake still being a part of Conchu and whatnot, she, he's going to just be like, well, but you're also an avatar too. So you can't talk about that anymore. Like there's just so many loose ends that I think wrapped up nicely for this season, but need to be answered immediately in, in the next season. For sure. And like, how you explain Layla, I almost felt, and let me know if you, this is kind of out there. It felt like when you're playing a video game and you have like that, your teammate, your like partner, and then boom, like now you're playing as your partner in a video, that partner or that character in a video game. That's how it felt between Martin slash Steven and Layla. Cause at first she just felt like more of like that supporting piece. And then boom, now, you know, she's the hero. She's now have her own path where she can kind of like forge her own future. So I really liked it. But like you said, they have a lot to to wrap up or more to explore at least. Mm -hmm. And then another piece that they, they absolutely need to explore is another one of my favorite scenes, which is in the fourth episode when her and Steven go to the tomb. And it's just like back and forth of uh, adventure lore and, and lingo. And they're just so <laughs> excited to be in there. And I just, I loved the bit when he came in and he said, um, he was like, and if your father could see you now standing in the proof of it, he'd be absolutely beaming. And she kind of is, is for a second, like, you don't get to talk about my dad. But then she's like, you're right. He is, he would like, I just, the, the closure that she got from that of hearing her husband telling her that, even though it wasn't technically her husband, but like coming from that same, like, I just, that whole bit was just amazing. And I need more of that. Like I want some more of her, them together and they don't even have to be romantically involved. Like I just want them to go on like another adventure together because I just, them, him figuring out that it was the, uh, the eye of Horus and, and, you know, Oh, this is the way the tomb looks and let's go like, Oh, it sounded like he was being afraid when he's like, we should go up that way. But it's like, that was actually the way to go. Like he's super smart. Oh, it just was so cool. Yeah. That scene reminded me of, ant-man when like janet is speaking through scott's body too <laughs> um what's his name oh my gosh hank like oh. when you're just like having like this science conversation um or like how to get out of the quantum moments yeah that made me remind it reminded me of that yeah that's that yeah and there's there was a lot of good moments of that too I, and we didn't call it out but like holy cow Oscar Isaac's performance, I mean, it goes without saying, and it has gone without saying, but we're going to say it now that it was absolutely incredible. But that that bit where he's being possessed by Conchu, and when Layla's being possessed by Tawinit, and like just the, the performances that they put on in the show. And, and for her, like this is her first role, and she's doing stuff like this and just being like, you know what, I'm just going to do it. And it's like, wow, she's, she's going to be doing this for a while now, I think. For sure. Um, also very cool that we got to see Alexander the Great's tomb. Like I loved the fact that he basically solved it and yeah, he dies by the end of it, but like he finds the Ushepti inside of his throat and all. I, I just, that was the ultimate mummy. That was a mix of like mummy and national treasure. Yes. It was great too. <laughs> Some of my favorites as well. Um, everything about it. And then, and then just from there going straight into the psych ward, just felt so like we got, I don't know, for me, I got everything that I wanted from Moon Knight, which was the mental disorder, being in Egypt, being in that psyche, the psych ward. Like that's a big piece of his character now too, from the comics. And so that, mm -hmm. just everything in there was so great. Um, kind of like you were saying, super emotional, but at the same time, 
very necessary because again, in 10 years ago, you wouldn't have seen a story like that of, of showing a mother being abusive to their kid on a Disney show, yeah. uh, especially to that level where they're psychologically abusive as much as they're physical too. just, and then how cowardly her, his dad was, which was, and he, I, 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 he had the Kramer hair. Did you see that too? During the funeral, like the, from Seinfeld, like he just had really, uh, I, I, have you ever seen Seinfeld? I haven't. Maya. Okay. That's, no. that's okay. That's okay. But, um, he, yeah, he, I just, I loved his hair, his dad's hairstyle, but still, but even all of that was so intense. And God, when he, that scene broke my heart when he, he's like, your mother's not feeling well. It's just going to be the two of us this year. And then he blows his candle. He half asses it and misses the one candle. And even his dad can't blow it out. And I was just like, that is so depressing. It was. They did. Yeah. I'm very surprised. Like with that dynamic, I was not ready for that the first time I watched it. So who we thought Eleanor Bishop was bad. No. Oh man, you're right about that. She's a princess. Yeah, like she's a saint in comparison. So yeah, that was intense. Um the uh, the other thing, and I guess this is a question uh for you, is in this bit, Tawedit says, Hey, you guys need to balance your scales. But Jake is nowhere to be found. And so I, I'm in my mental head. I'm like, okay, well, they never took him out of the coffin. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's kind of like if he had come out of the coffin, she'd be like, all right, give me your heart too. Like, it's got to be the three of you. But she probably had no idea because again, it's more, they're, they're analyzing the heart, not the head. And I bet you if it was the head, she'd be like, there's no way. There's more of you in there. You got to go back in. But I was still just like, huh. So if they didn't, that's how I did it. I didn't know if maybe you had any mental gymnastics you were doing. Yeah, no, actually, I think that's like the best way to look at it. I wasn't thinking about it like that. At first, I was just thinking that with Jake, because this is before I knew you mentioned that like Jake was in some scenes of the show, like before I had that knowledge. I just thought that since he was completely controlled by Kanchu, like not active, not anywhere, no awareness from Steven and Mark that it didn't, they, he wasn't in the balancing skills equation, but it's pretty similar. But I think how your thoughts around it still in the coffin makes sense to why, to why he wasn't in that conversation. And if that's the case, Steven should have just stayed in the coffin too. And then it could have just been Mark and we right. wouldn't have gotten a fifth episode. Exactly. Um, Okay, so all I'll say on the six, because I, I want to get to some questions, is okay. I'm obsessed with Amit. The minute that she showed up, I was like, oh, I'll be your avatar. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll do whatever you say. She was just, she had such a poise about her, the CGI character, and such a confidence in what she was doing. But I also just loved the the crocodile smile, but you know, she's got some bandages on her face and obviously her hair was just absolutely on point of going from dreads to a tail and just she, the way she talked was just so uh, like soothing and provocative at the same time of, I was just like, I need to hear more of this. Yeah. They did, of her. A, they did a really good job with the God's voice. Cause when first time we heard Kanchu were just Kanchu talking, I'm like, Okay, I don't see him, but I can feel that this is a God talking to me. Right. Yeah, same with Ahmed. Her presence was amazing. And I remember that was like what I was most excited to see. It's like, okay, they're about to break her statue. What is she going to look like? Right. And I was not expecting how awesome she looked. And I mean, obviously, no one really agreed with what she was doing. But I thought it was interesting how 
And there was a quote. Let me see if I can find it. Gosh, my notes are all over the place. But there was a quote that Arthur Harrow said. Oh, my God. My handwriting is so bad. Oh, yeah. Sometimes the cure is a taste of the disease. He said that in episode two, I think. Right. And I felt like that's Amit because she mentioned having an avatar who had balanced scales but end up putting her in stone. And now you have Arthur Harrow who doesn't have balanced scales and he's the one who's, you know, the proper person to serve you. So there's so much ir irony in that dynamic with what she was trying to do. Um, but I do think she she's an interesting character. And the thing, and I have, a, I guess this is a question for you. Outside of, I know that if you break the stone that releases them and then they get put back in the stone. So now that Ahmed was in Arthur's body, does that mean that she as a god is gone? I mean that's the way that that's the way that Kanchu kind of described it was like if you put okay. if you put it in the stone, you've got it. But if you put it in a person and you kill that person, that's killing the the god too. So we'll see. I'm assuming so. But I hope not because I want to see her again. <laughs> like I, even if we can just put her in like a, a god zoo, I'm cool with that. Like I'll just yeah. I'll go see her on the weekends. I'll make it work. I'll do whatever. Um, Bash Bro Adventures in the chat. What's up, buddy? Good to see you. Um, but yeah, so I like I said, the more of her, the better. She had a and and how, you're right. Very ironic in the sense of like you're trying to kill everyone whose scales aren't balanced. <laughs> But the only person you trust to get the job done is someone whose skills aren't balanced. That right. doesn't make sense. Like, oh, I didn't like the guy who was who was perfect, so I got to make sure everyone else is but me. Very, mm -hmm. uh, very hypocrite. Very, <laughs> I was gonna say very hypocritical. But, <laughs> uh, but this is a crocodile. So yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I did confirm that it was a crocodile and not an alligator. But that brings me to my next question. Amit is a crocodile, and it's interesting. Because his mother was the crocodile when he says, later's gators, and she says, in a while, crocodile. Is there is there a connection there? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, it would make sense of, like, the evil god also being an evil mother. <laughs> his mom being on his avatar. He's like, oh, God. That, that would not be good. I mean, she'd be like, okay, I I'm okay with some unbalanced scales, but yours are a mess. You're going right now. I'm taking you. I'm taking your soul. I just thought it was interesting that there's not only that, but you have the same thing with, uh, with Conchu right of when they go into the cave and he steps on the bird uh, skull in the grass Ooh, yeah which was like so you know is that just foreshadowing again or was Kanchu present because he would have been right he's he existed that for thousands of years so like so did Ahmet at the same time but when I'm thinking about it with the mom of like okay so is she punishing Mark for something that he has yet to do. No, she she's mm -hmm. conchuing him, right? She's punishing him for something that he did, quote unquote did. He didn't really do mm -hmm. it, but um, in terms of not listening. But that it was weird too, because on the rewatch, there he's like, Come on, let's go to the cave. Literally, thunder rolls, and then the dad's like, Be careful. And the mom's like, Hey, you watch your brother. And then they get there. Mom said we're not supposed to do this in the rain. It's like did you not try to stop them before leaving? Of like, hey, I just heard thunder, kids. No, stay here. Right. Bad, bad parenting. Right, for sure. Yeah. Uh, okay, next question. How did Mark set Stephen up at the gift shop? I'm 
I'm so confused about that. I'm very I mean, confused. I figured that like whenever Steven started quote unquote taking over, he just thought he had to get a job. Like Mark was very separate from that decision. Right. But for some for some reason, Steven is showing up to work every day. So I don't know if Mark is allowing him to be like, okay, this is your time. But it felt like there it was kind of at random when Steven had control. So I'm very curious about that as well. Because, yeah, he would have had to, whatever Moon Knight escapades he's doing, he'd have to be in bed by 10 or what, you know, whatever time it is so that he can get a good night's rest before Steven has to show up in London at the museum. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I guess he could do, right? I mean, we clearly see that he can fly and, and, and all that stuff, but I'm just wondering, maybe he was at the point of being Steven that he interviewed as Steven and got mm-hmm. the job as Steven for his, his excessive knowledge of Egyptian mythology and all that sort of stuff. But I did just think that was interesting because once mm-hmm. that all started unraveling, I'm like, I would have never hired him. I would have been like, wait. And he'd been like, no, it's not a big deal. I just have another personality. Yeah, no, you should have told us that when you started. Um, okay, so timeline. Mark has been Moon Knight for 10 years. He has had Steven since he was 12, and Jake since maybe the military? Because he says that he went into like a fugue state or something and they discharged him. Mm-hmm. I can only I'm I'm curious as to when Jake showed up, but everything was going fine until two months ago when his mom died. I guess it's less of a question of more of being able to finally put all those pieces together of a timeline, which I guess leaves a few of what's he been doing for 10 years as Moon Knight. Why does no one know he exists or do they, maybe they don't, maybe he's only been operating in Egypt or I don't know. But did did you think about that at all? Yeah. I always wondered, was that the first time that he came in contact with other gods and other avatars? Right. With Arthur, I'm like 10 years. Which, which Um, goes to the point too, that Arthur has been, avatar he's been conchu free for 10 years which to me is pretty crazy when you talk about again everyone deals with their trauma differently but he went through the ringer with conchu clearly Mm -hmm. and it's affecting him 10 years later that's pretty intense like i would be curious to see what was it that broke him that badly like i could see it if it was a couple years later but 10 years you've got some time to reflect you've got some time to maybe get some therapy though again he doesn't seem like the kind of person doing that because he's putting glass in his shoes but um <laughs> still was interesting to think about because i didn't catch that when i was watching it but i'm like he he's mad at country but it's been 10 years that's like being mad at your ex after 10 years <laughs> right like come let on it now. go it had to have been bad yeah and especially knowing that in the like it's at least been 10 years since he hasn't been like uh, Kanchu's avatar, that he's not even Ahmed's avatar, and he's doing all of this. Like, I was so surprised. Like, you know, no one's forcing, Ahmed is not talking to him like he's talking, like Kanchu's talking to Mark. So he's really, yeah, like you said, something was the driver behind that that we probably (laughs) don't know much about. It's like the, uh, Kanchu is almost like the, God, I, yeah, I won't even risk saying it because I don't, I don't know if I'm saying it right. But basically, he's he's doing some simp behavior now with with Ahmed, of just being like, I'm gonna do whatever you want, even though I'm not your avatar. I hope I will be one day. He reminded me of uh, what movie was that where the guy was like that too? It might have been the Mummy, of like the person who does everything for the bad guy, but then at the end, your reward is death, and it's like, it's like, dude, you you wasted your life, man. See ya. Yeah, very much giving simp energy. 
Yes. Yes. Uh, okay. The only thing, the only other thing I had on here, which was something I had called before it came up, but people were talking before the last episode of like, is Steven really dead? And I was, and I'd said, I hope not because I think that lessens the, uh, the mental aspect of it of again, going back to what we were talking about. of like, Oh, all you got to do is go on the duot and, uh, you're free of your mental disorder, right? Like you're, it's, it's that easy. And it was like, I don't think so, because in a way, I, 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 it's on recording, I believe. But I said, it's like, in a way, that's kind of like what his superpower was, right? Was that mm-hmm. he has multiple people in his in mind. And then we get that in the last episode where one of my favorite lines of the show, which was, you're the only superpower I ever needed. When Mark tells Stephen that in the sand. And I was just like, ah, they get me. They got it. I, I got something right. Mm-hmm. I... And... Okay, wait. I gotta go back. Did you start that with like a question originally? Or you just, no. Okay. I totally. I okay. That scene was really, really great, and I just love like that like phrase around it being a superpower, and it makes me wonder: Will we ever see Stephen and Mark without Moon Knight? Though I know that's what they set up, but do you think it's enough for them two to be heroes? without the moon knight power moving forward um, like maybe almost in the sense of like being any other person could be a vigilante right i mean mark is trained so you know Mm -hmm. you've got the whole scene where he's fighting those guys on the the guy who licks his sword and then gets immediately (laughs) punched in the face i love that scene because i hated that bit and uh, but but he's doing that whole thing without a costume so he can fight and hold hold his own um, obviously we want to see the costume, but yeah, I, I'd believe it. I mean, I think the biggest indication of that too, is that it ends on both of them waking up in bed where he's mm-hmm. like, did we, what, I don't even remember what he says, but Steven says something. And then Mark says something. And I was like, awesome. So like they're, they're synced, they're linked. I'm curious to see how that goes over with Donna. I'm mm-hmm. curious to see how, and I, I almost think it's going to be one of those things where, it's left up in the air so much, right? That this is what Steven and this is what Mark wanted was to no longer be Moon Knight. Well, surprise, surprise, buddy, you're still Moon Knight as Jake Lockley. And I feel like at that point in season two or whatever we get is going to be him being like, you know what? Fine. I'll just do it. That way no one else has to do it. And that's my purpose because this whole time he's wanting to, you know, be worthy of love and and all this stuff. And I feel like Conchu used him in that sense but I think he's going to get to this, this point of clarity where he, he can use Conchu. Like, okay, fine. Conchu is using me through Jake, but I'm going to get things done my way too of like doing, you know, stopping crime sort of thing where maybe, maybe Conchu says, Oh, you know, why are you fighting crime during the day? You're only supposed to be doing it at night. And he's going to be like, what are you going to do? Stop me. And I, I don't know. I feel like that would be interesting to see them kind of fight back. Like they did at the back where he was bargaining with, with Conchu, right. Where he was like, what, and he's like, what, you're bargaining with me? I, I think we're going to see more of that, of them pushing Conchu back, okay. which I think Conchu kind of likes in a sense, because I feel like everyone he's worked with has just been like, I'll do whatever you say. I'm going to be the miserable simp, you know, for you. I will do everything. Break me. And he's the first person maybe to kind of give that pushback of like, hey, I'm broken, but that doesn't mean that you can treat me this way. For sure. Giving a little little venom. Oh yes. Um, and so I have a question for you mm. because obviously at the end of this show, we have what is Stephen and Mark going to do? 
Layla, clearly they're setting her up. Kanchu, and there's just a bunch of, and like very similar to other Disney Plus series, we have like Monica Rambeau, we already know where we're, we're gonna see her next. But even Hawkeye, Kate Bishop and Echo, do you, it's almost to the point where it's like Marvel's putting so many characters, like there's no way everyone can get their own movie in their own series maybe. But how do you think like Marvel's gonna manage like now all these new characters? Do you think everyone is going to be in some sort of team up? Cause I know I think was it Midnight Suns that you mentioned like potentially being a team up with Blade. Like, do you think that there's gonna be, everyone has a dedicated group or do you think there's some people gonna be like individuals or just supporting characters in other people's movies or series? Yeah, I think just based on what we've seen for the last 12 years or however long it's been, they're really using the comic book format as their mm -hmm. format for the films of like, okay, you've got one shot stories that's just a one and done, like the Halloween special or the mm -hmm. Guardians Christmas special. And then you have, a, char a character arc of, you know, six issue series where it's the Moon Knight series and it's about Moon Knight and he's got supporting characters. But then you have the Avengers comic book, which is when they're all together. That's the Avengers movies. But then you have the the Infinity Gauntlet, you know, I think I even have it on my wall. Yeah, like the Infinity Gauntlet comic, which was an event series. That's mm -hmm. like Infinity War Endgame, the biggest of the big. And so, you know, Moon Knight was in West Coast Avengers for a really long time in the comics, mm. which was a completely separate comic from the Avengers comics, different roster. Uh, but they both had their own things. One was in California. One was in New York. So you could have all of these different groups kind of going on, you know, five or six heroes here, five or six heroes there, because it is it's a lot to look at when you're watching it. But it also takes away from those endgame level moments of like, well, we just saw this in the last movie sort of thing. Like we saw all these heroes together. So you could have it where you've got single characters having a show or a movie where other people maybe pop in for a little bit or not. And then you have the other shows or movies where it's a group setting like uh, Secret Invasion or mm -hmm. maybe this Midnight Suns thing. And then you have the event level things like a possible Secret Wars movie where everyone from all of the different stories is in it or at least most of everybody so that that's kind of how i see it. it's almost like a couple different layers over levels okay that's interesting because we didn't we we haven't really experienced that yet i feel like even the sub characters no. in like the first few phases like roadie's about to get armor wars like Ste or um bucky and sam getting their own series so it's like all even sharon is like kind of yeah. doing things so now it's like even more characters that format that you mentioned is going to be really interesting to see. And it, it honestly goes back to what uh, he who remains said at the end of Loki of when he was just like, not the see you soon, but the, the fact that once he got killed and the, the timeline just started splintering and that's almost like what happened now, right? We had mm -hmm. movies, 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 and now it's <laughs> TV shows and other yes. movies and spinoffs. And, and we're getting to this part where it's going to be unwieldy, right? Like, can we manage this giant timeline without missing a beat, without getting continuity messed up? And honestly, this is how you do it, right? You get two mentions of the MCU in the entire show, and you're still like, this feels like a Marvel show. This feels like it's part of the universe. I don't know where it's at, but I'm here for it. And so if they keep up with that, that's how they're going to succeed. And then they pick one or two movies or shows where they have a bigger event going on again, like secret invasion or whatever the next Avengers level movie is, as long as they don't do it frequently, it's going to be successful. Cause honestly, that's the annoying part of the comics is like, 
we just had an event last month or, you know, oh, there's 1700 different comics coming out at the same time. It's impossible to read them all. And so mm -hmm. them doing it where it's like one thing at a time every month or so or two months and maybe it connects, maybe it doesn't, but it all teases for one thing. Cool. But if they start going like we've got seven different Avengers movies coming, that's yeah. when I think we should start getting nervous. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Any final thoughts about Moon Knight? Any any lingering questions about Moon Knight? Um. Okay, so just because we are fresh off of Multiverse of Madness, and I really, because I think I've mentioned these types of questions to you before, and I just try not to get in my head around power sets. Yeah. If you had to rank the most powerful, being a god, being a sorcerer, being a witch, what like in terms of one being the most powerful, three being the like least powerful, how would like after the series, what what would you rank? I would say that it, de it depends. One, <laughs> two, but it also depends on who's writing the show or the movie for whatever it is that they want it to be. Yeah. Because really, I think at the end of the day, it doesn't matter uh, in the sense of like a god, right? Is this the god god that can destroy everybody? Is this a Thor type god where these these Egyptian mm -hmm. gods just live on a different plane, but they're about as powerful as Doctor Strange. Maybe that's what it is. If, mm -hmm. if you put a gun to my head, though, and told or asked me, I would say based on all this Scarlet Witch and then God and then Doctor Strange mm -hmm. in terms of sorcerers, because I feel like if you put Doctor Strange up against Kanchu, it would be a really interesting fight because, mm -hmm. you know, now we know Kanchu can get huge. How is he going to fight that? He can disappear. He can turn back the night. Like he can do some forms of magic. And same thing with Amit, right? I mean, Amit could easily just judge Dr. Strange. And if his scales don't balance, he's gone. But maybe yeah. he's got a spell that he can cast that would protect him. So it's like, to me, that that is when you're getting into anime territory of like, <laughs> you have all these really powerful characters. And at that point, and this is what I hope Marvel does too, because everyone's question is always who's the most powerful. And yes, that's important. But when you get to that level, it's all about the fights and it's mm -hmm. about Dr. Strange gets the upper hand in a badass scene. And then Kanchu gets the upper hand and knocks him down. And now you're rooting for, but then Dr. Strange does something even crazier. And you're like, wait. And then he goes, I, I saved this ace up my sleeve. I'm using it right now. And then it's like, he takes out Kanchu, but then Amit <laughs> shows up and then he kills, she kills Dr. Strange. And then Scarlet Witch, like, you got to get the, the one-upping over and over until you get to the finale of it, which again is why anime is so great because the fights are so long in that regard. But if you do just go to like, oh, you know, we're going to have one fight and it's it's winner take all, it would be interesting to see. I wouldn't know. I, I don't know. But yeah, that's my guess. Long-winded guess. Ooh. I'm like, I always get confused with all the power sets and I'm yeah. always trying to, especially seeing all those Infinity Stones in the drawer right. at TVA. I'm like, okay. Nothing that I know makes sense anymore. So right. like you said, it all just depends on whoever they want to fight each other at that moment. So that's a yeah. good Yeah, And I think they kind of explained it in, the, in whatever it is too, right? Like in, in Doctor Strange, oh, the Scarlet Witch is the most powerful character. Like, okay, so you've now established that she's the most powerful. Same thing with the Stones, right? You've established they mean nothing in the TVA. So they, they will always explain to you in whatever content it is who is the most powerful. You just kind of got to listen for it or at least assume like, okay, we, we get where this is going. Gotcha. Yeah. But in terms of overall thoughts, like I said, it's my number one Disney Plus series. Nice. I love it. It's to the point where 
kind of like how it is with Lovecraft. Some episodes where I absolutely adore the show, but some episodes are really tough because they just evoke so much emotion. Yes. Like the same way with this uh, series. Um, And I mean, it's cool. Like I wasn't really into like ancient Egyptian type of lore. But after this, I absolutely am. Nice, good, <laughs> There's awesome. a lot of jumping points, like things that you can look into. Like I'm about to do a rewatch of Indiana Jones. It really just sparked a lot of great things for me. Yeah. Um, I'm. I love this series, and uh, I can't. I can't wait to like just see where it, it comes up next. Yeah, yeah. This might be. I feel like maybe I thought that after WandaVision 2 of like, I can't wait to see what Scarlet Witch, the Scarlet Witch is in next. Yeah. And so I guess same thing with Cap of like, I can't wait to see Cap next. Cause I'm going to with like Loki, it was more, I can't wait to see how the threads of the show, you know, weave into what's coming next. I didn't care so much about Loki, but for like Moon Knight, I just want to see Moon Knight again. Mm-hmm. Like whether that's in a season two, which I really hope they do. But if not, in a movie or in someone else, like I just need his such a good character. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think I, I would definitely put it in my top shows and it's probably going to stay there for a really long time. Uh, but who knows our opinions always change as they go yeah. on. And that that's why it's a great thing being human. Uh, yeah. If only though, that we could be an avatar for a God, Maya, that would be, uh, <laughs> that would be so awesome. And we didn't even talk about the bit where Conchu lifts him up and throws him towards the pyramid and he just shoots off flying. Like, Oh, mm-hmm. So cool. So cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I'm really glad that we got to get all of these thoughts out here about Moon Knight, um, a show it sounds like we both adored. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Well, hey, that's going to do it here for us at Comics and Cinema. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Next week, uh, we are going to take the week off. Uh, so we'll have no episode next week, but we'll be tuning in the following week, which is right after Memorial Day. I will be joined, uh, if everything works out, by the man himself, Brian, uh, to talk about Top Gun. And I'm excited because I'm not a big Top Gun guy, and the movie looks a little cringy, but it also looks like it may actually be awesome in terms of like cool plane fights, which I love those too. So we'll see. But that is when we'll come back for Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein. Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you at the movies. (laughs) 